In October 2020, the Genesis Foundation announced the Genesis Kickstart Fund, a £1 million fund launched by John Studzinski, CBE, founder and chairman of the Genesis Foundation, to support freelancers in the creative sector. The fund is being rolled out during 2021 to mark the 20th anniversary of the foundation, and it's designed to enable outstanding freelance artists to stay on their career paths and explore new possibilities in a world radically altered by COVID-19. The Genesis Kickstart Fund is steered by its advisory council, which includes over 30 distinguished artistic leaders, one of whom is the stage director Abdul Shayek, the artistic director and joint CEO of Tara Arts, an award-winning multicultural theatre in London. Joining him for this conversation is Jennifer Tang, Associate Director at The Young Vic and a Genesis Fellow with the company, enabling her to develop her craft as a theatre director whilst working closely with The Young Vic's artistic director. The focus of their Zoom conversation is something that hangs over the arts world on an almost daily basis, but is especially pertinent during a pandemic. Well, thanks so much for being here today. We're going to talk about money. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about because I, I don't know about you, but I think it's got easier to talk about money recently. But historically, for me, it's been quite a dirty subject to talk about money in relation to our work. And I'm, I guess I'm just kind of interested in why that is. Why is this relationship to money kind of icky? How do we make our relationship with money better? Both as a sector, but also as individual artists. No, I think it's a really interesting point I think um, for me personally I think the reason why we struggle is because of the values that we enter the sector with yes I, I didn't enter the theatre world to make money right right <laughs> I, I, I came into the sector to make change and in essence change the world and, and money was a secondary kind of aspect of that thinking and actually as long as I can survive in my head in, in the initial stages of my career it wasn't something that I was, I was thinking a lot about, I guess. But more recently, it, it has been. I think coming back to London last year to take over Tara, that meant re-engaging with London from an economic point of view and seeing how London has shifted and therefore how difficult, you know, someone like myself coming in to a job that's pretty you know, well-paid, finding it difficult to engage with London and the current economic situation in London. Uh, I started thinking about, well, what happens for a new freelance or an emerging artist coming into the sector? How do they survive? Um, so I think it is a really important subject that we need to start thinking about and talking about because we do have this really interesting situation where, on the one hand, majority of our subsidised organisations are charities but then we have on the other hand you know uh, the west end and what is it in essence a money-making machine so it's a really interesting space to occupy i want to go back to the first thing you said because i find that so interesting which was like how you entered this industry not as a way to make money but as a way to make change and like, I'm, of course i'm totally i'm totally with you but there's a part of my brain that goes shouldn't we be recompensed for that do you know what I mean? Like, shouldn't we be recompensed for the idea that we're making social change? Like, there's part of me that goes, well, is there a large part of the population that thinks theatre and 
art in general is like a luxury. It's a hobby. It's not a fundamental part of humanity, of who we are. And I wonder if until we kind of view, learn to view theatre and art differently in this country, it will always be seen as this kind of slightly privileged thing that we do, rather than something that is an absolute driver of social change, can be a driver of social change, and therefore should be recompensed as such. I'd go even further and ask us to look at society as a whole. And, you know, when you've got a situation where footballers get paid millions and nurses get get paid thousands and when they ask for a pay rise, um, our governments are up in arm and and, and, and challenging pay you know pay rises etc um, I think that in itself is is emblematic of a, of the capitalist society we live in and what we uh, value and what we don't football is entertainment it's a pastime but it also has its social benefits of course it does but equally you know what nurses do doctors do are fundamental there is such a there is a much wider conversation that needs to happen and i think when we then drill it down to the arts again you're right it's really difficult to articulate the the value and the impact we're having and more often than not we're constantly asked for data but it's, it's not the data it's the anecdotal experiences you know i engaged with theatre when I was 14. The impact of that engagement, I didn't feel until I was 21, 22. So it wasn't immediate. It wasn't within that initial year where I went, I want to work in the arts. And even at 21, 22, I still hadn't made a decision whether the arts was a career uh, option for me. Because at the time I was working for Halifax. In all fairness, if I wanted to make money, I should have just stayed at Yeah, Halifax, what happened? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Life choices. <laughs> it wasn't for me I I felt like that wasn't the world I wanted to be in and that's not where I was going to make the change but yeah there is definitely a lot of work that we need to do around the messaging and how we tell our story the narrative of the arts and 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 what that means and even you know in the last 12 months I think what we've seen is huge focus on the West End but we have seen lots of really great things happening right across the sector where organisations are doing amazing work with their communities and engaging people. And, and again, the centre of gravity has moved within organisations from being the shows to being focused on the engagement and participation, the education departments. Uh, and I'm really keen... And I'm, I'm, I really want to believe that we hold on to that and we really understand that those bits of our organisation should really be centred moving forward. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it's, it is, it's kind of like a really hard pill to swallow, isn't it, when you hear all of this stuff in the news about theatres have been closed. But being lucky enough to work for a theatre at the moment, after years of being freelance, the Young Vic has been anything but closed you know and like you say all of its output has been focused on its taking part department and um the director's program but that has been busier than ever so there's this really weird kind of outward facing idea of theatres have been closed but actually i feel like a lot of theatre workers are exhausted I'm, i'm kind of interested in this idea of like how do we put a value on on what we do Because what we do is kind of slippery, 
right? And I'm, I guess I'm thinking more along the lines of being a freelancer here. We're in, you know, both a unique position in that you run a building. I'm based in a building at the moment. I guess I'm thinking more about freelancing, but I also had a bit of a weird journey into theatre. I sold my soul and worked for, in media and advertising for six years. You know, I was in my early 20s and making a very nice career for myself. Yeah, I had a really healthy income working first for like Sky Media. I worked for the Murdochs. I can't believe it. I was very young, very naive. Then I worked in a media agency and then I went client side and was working for 20th Century Fox and working their theatrical marketing and then kind of, you know, woke up one day and was like, what the hell am I doing? This was not the plan. You know, six years goes by in the blink of an eye. In that six years, it was really clear that there was a progression. You work hard, you do quite well, you move up. There's a really clear chain of how you progress through that industry. And actually, I moved from like company to company quite a lot because I was asked to. I was headhunted. We might kind of pull together an amazing show that does not guarantee that you are going to have a successful career. And I guess like this idea of how do we value our art when there's no kind of sense of progression there's no stability there's no sense of growth so I find it re- a really hard conversation to kind of go actually I'm worth my work is worth this especially when like theatres come if we're lucky enough theatres come to us and go direct a show this is your fee this is the budget of the show regardless of what that show might be regardless of what your idea for that show might be Regardless of what that show needs, that's the budget. And it feels like it's kind of working backwards, right? The money comes first, then the art. I've been self-producing. Uh, before I came to Tara, I ran my own company and I was raising the cash. So I was doing all of it. I guess that experience of being given a budget to deliver a project, I mean, self-producing isn't great either you're constantly cutting corners you're doing more hours than you're paid for you're getting a director's fee but you've done all of this other work that you can't really pay yourself for because the budgets don't allow it because you want to get the project on so I think money's always been an issue in our sector I think in general theatre is 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 an expensive thing to put together because you're bringing people in and you're delivering and one of the things I've been doing recently and this was before I joined Tara, I've started to monetize the work that I do with communities, i.e. what was happening in the past was people were turning up, or large organizations, who would say, well, you know, come and work with us. Uh, we need to do this project. We need to reach out to this community. And we know you've got great contacts within that community. And I think for them, the sell was, you're working with us, you know, this great partnership. But... For me, I, I, I wanted to change that conversation and I, I started to say, look, these relationships have taken 10, 15, 20 years to build up. Therefore, they're worth X amount. So if you're coming into this relationship and you want access to these people, then this is what it, it will cost and, and, and that's how it will work. Um, I mean, lots of people uh, found that really difficult, uh, but I think for me as a freelancer or a small organization that was the only way to start to place value on the work that i was doing outside of an auditorium or a rehearsal room i'm just really interested in in how you even went about the process of valuing that 
Is it like man hours? Is it? Yeah, you know, I think it's about my daily fee and actually how much work I need to do to hand those relationships over. And I think one of the things that we forget quite regularly is relationships are built up over a period of time, especially with communities that aren't engaging at the moment with what we have to offer. And often it's people that they connect with rather than organisations. I invested myself in finding ways to engage and develop and I spent time in those communities you know I'd work I'd go to a local Somali cafe in Butte Town and I'd sit there and work from there in order to connect with the people in that community and have conversations and get to know people so on that basis I started to go well you know if, if you if, if it's going to take a week to get this project up then this is my fee based on how much time I think I need to spend within that community and then the other thing I've started to do was to think about who the organization was and whether our values uh, aligned and if they didn't align it didn't matter how much money was put in front of me I kind of walked away um, because I think that's the other part of this equation but I think it's really tough you know I, I was in a position to be able to do that but I think about a, a young emerging artist or someone who's newer in the sector how can they do that if survival is it, it depends on that next paycheck very people will very happily sit down and watch telly watch films read books stream plays, engage in participation activities, but not necessarily connect the dots and understand that all of those things are the arts and have people working and making them. Like, I, I just don't know if that happens. Or maybe they do. Maybe they do and we've just not learned how to, like you say, talk about ourselves better. It comes back to this thing that sits in me, which is, I find it difficult to talk about money in relation to, to me and my art and my craft. I find it really difficult to kind of say, I, me, my work is worth a certain amount of money. And sometimes I wonder if it's because maybe I was brought up in a way that thought art was a privilege rather than a right. Maybe my education was the fact that, you know, it's not a core subject. It's not as important as math, science, English. It's this thing that you do on a Wednesday afternoon because no one else can be bothered to teach you. It might be because I have quite working class background and actually to talk about money was not really a done thing because we just didn't really have much of it. So like the idea that of kind of showing need is quite difficult. It certainly means that for me now, talking about money in relationship to, to how I view my career and the value of that, not just for me and my life, but for audiences. Yeah, I don't know why I have such a problem talking about why that's important and why it deserves to be recompensed. I think that the, the working class aspect is really interesting because I, you know, I grew up in a single parent family with my mum on benefits. So we, we, we very rarely talked about money because there wasn't any. You're absolutely right. Exactly. You just got on it's, and yeah. made it work just... on the basis of what you had. And you just got on with it. When I got the job at Tara, I kept thinking how lucky I am. And conversations with friends or with colleagues, I kept saying, oh, I'm really lucky to have been given this opportunity. Yes. This idea of being afforded this opportunity yes. for someone who 
clearly shouldn't be here in my head yes. you know okay which yes, is yes. really interesting and i remember a couple of colleagues kind of stopping me and saying no stop saying that yeah you deserve to be here you've worked hard to get here you need to stop using language like that this is a space you've worked to get to this point totally and you've invested a huge amount of your life in doing what you've done in order to get to where you are now yes and you have to understand that um so i think there is definitely part of your background upbringing that does impact on how you engage with the idea or the concept or the whole conversation around money and i think for me personally because we didn't have any money from a very early age i was kind of keen to find ways to make money so when i was 13 or 14 i started working at a market store mm-hmm. to earn some extra cash because mm-hmm. i need some cash where do i go for cash uh, when mum doesn't have it so i need to go and get some cash myself i think what that gave me was a sense that if i needed to make money i could make money and there were ways and i was willing to work hard to do that so when i came into the industry i guess the idea of money never crossed my mind because i kind of made a decision that i wasn't going to make lots of money i was doing this to make change and make change around me but obviously as i've been getting older i think money has started to it's been it's been an important part of conversations as you want to settle down you want a family you need some semblance of a stability yeah yeah absolutely i think you you want something there and unless you've got you know parents who can set you up i mean, yeah bankroll it's really tough and so i think it is important we talk about money you know i think there has to be more around making money or the conversations around money easier and if you don't have an agent for example you know i've i don't have an agent and um i've got a couple of um external directing gigs coming up and i've had to negotiate them myself I think I've got to a point where I know what I want and I just put it down on the table and if people want it great if they don't yeah but also you are you know you're at a point in that career where I think you can ask that you know and and you know how do we protect early career freelancers who maybe don't have the confidence or feel that they have the bargaining power to be able to go do you know what that fee's lovely but it means that you're paying me £2.50 an hour <laughs> because actually there is that mindset isn't there which is oh, if I just do this job and I do a really good job the next one will pay that little bit of security will help to make better work when we're not having to do three jobs or we're not having to direct a show and work in a coffee shop at the same time with that little bit of financial security to give you the time and the headspace to be able to really focus on the art and the craft, you know, that must make better work. One of the things, brilliant things about being the Genesis Fellow at the Young Vic is that there's this glorious two-year period where I know I've got money in the bank every month. And the weight that literally gets lifted from your shoulders at that point, I can't, it's tangible. 
to know that you've got like the time and the space to really think about your art, your craft, what it is that I want to say with my you know artistic voice rather than what I have to say in this moment to fulfill this job without these kind of kind people who were there holding up artists you know it's maybe it's just not sustainable the sacrifices we do make I think if we are resilient if we do keep going I think they do pay off and I'm only kind of talking from a personal perspective I feel like I've made a lot of sacrifices I decided to get out of London. I was in London and I was, I'm from London, uh, but I decided that it, for me at the time, it just felt like I was in a bit of a rat race and it just didn't work for me. You know, the sector, the reason why I got into the arts was to get away from the rat race. Like I said, you know, I didn't want to get up in the morning and get on a train and go to work for a bank I wanted to make change and I was making change but the other bit of it the money side of it the living side of it that the personal side of it started to really suffer and um, that's why I got on a train quite literally and went to Wales I decided I needed to get out to get some perspective I guess just to be able to give myself a bit of distance and think about what I really wanted to do and not everyone can do that I appreciate that but I do think we are making change we have to believe in that and I do think we need to be able to make more noise about it you know how do we tell the world how do we keep reinforcing the message that the work we're doing isn't just what you see in the West End or on our stages it's also this, you know, the amazing work we're doing with young people. Like yesterday I was in a, a workshop, an online workshop with a group of 12 or 13 young people and we've been working with them, but it was the first time I went in. But these guys are gonna make a new show for us in our new season. And I absolutely love being in that space. And I, I love being in rooms with people, you know, and I go into prisons, I go into communities and that's what I did, you know, and that's what I love doing. And it's those points where you do a workshop and you see the joy, you see the impact and you see how you're changing people's lives and perspectives on, the, on their circumstances, which really make it worthwhile. But in saying all of that, we also need to live and survive. But we need to be open to these conversations. We need to start having these conversations in a more transparent, open way. And we need to start thinking about ways we can make change. And, and you know, some great initiatives at the moment with what Fuel and the freelancers... I was going to say, actually, that brilliant report that the freelancers make theatre work. And, you know, they've pulled that together, that amazing piece of work, which really digs into all of this stuff, so... Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, uh, places like the Genesis Foundation, the fact that they did the Kickstart programme and it was really about freelancers and getting them to start working was really brilliant. But it's initiatives like that. I mean, the Jerwood are doing some great work. So there are people out there thinking about these things. I think we need to have more conversations. We need to have more honest conversations and we need to have more perspectives in the room. I mean, it's, it was great to talk to you and, and, and the synergies in our journeys, in, in our careers today, in terms of the backgrounds we came from and where we find ourselves is, is really interesting. And I think more people need to hear that. 
and we need yeah we need to find ways to be able to pay people more so i guess if there's anything i'd say is funders you need to give us more money but you know i'm sure they hear that all the time how else do we create money one of the things that south asian and black and east asian communities did when they first came to the uk was to be part of committees or uh, partners uh, where people would put into pots together so, so you know you'd have a communal pot of money that a different person in that group could then use to do things whether that's buy a house or start a business or whatever but the idea was then you would put back in and someone else would get to use it the following month and whether there's a version of that in the arts that we could come up with which could be really interesting if we all had a a pot of money that we were feeding into that then was used by others there, there's something really interesting about that idea that I can't quite let go I, I, t- I spoke about it a lot when I started at Tara and then it's kind of taking a back seat right. because of everything else going yeah, on but yeah. I'm really interested in that space even if you're making a piece of work right if you've got a bunch of different investors everyone wants that to work and therefore immediately you've got advocates who will go out and get you audience members and who will go and talk about this work to other people but there's a group where basically each person puts in a pound a week and there's 500 people so you put in a pound and you recommend someone else so each week there's 500 quid um and then they distribute it to a different charity each week um but you know you're you're putting in a pound and you're getting 500 pounds back basically for that charity but that's that's my point but but imagine we could do that where you got 500 freelancers to put in a pound and you had an idea or you needed to, you know money to do some rehearsals or i'm not sure yeah yeah whatever. yeah, yeah. Uh, but the idea that you could then have but you know it's also 500 people fighting for 500 people pounds. fighting over the 500 quid yeah i mean i, I don't know how that I don't know how it would work, <laughs> how you'd administrate that, but concepts. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's where I'm with it. Absolutely, mm. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> we should end there before I pull it back down Sounds again. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Abdul. It was, you know, always a joy to speak with you. But thanks for, thanks for this. I really no, enjoyed thank it. Thank you, thank you for spending time with me and chatting. It's been lovely. Right. And Jennifer Tang was talking to Abdul Shayek. And you can find out more about the Young Vic's Genesis Fellowship at youngvic.org and more generally about the Genesis Foundation and its partners at genesisfoundation.org.uk. For information about Tara Arts, visit tara-arts.com. To listen to more episodes in the Genesis Foundation's Artistic Minds podcast series, please subscribe and consider leaving Artistic Minds a review. And look out for another episode of Artistic Minds very soon.